Well, Sam, what brings you to Whitesburg? Uh, well, I'm working on a project right now. I'm working on this uh, Her Appalachia project. It's about uh, a media representation of uh, Appalachian women. Uh, so talking to people about that and uh, trying to, I mean, just having people talk about it, really. That's my main focus on that thing. And then having people, hopefully outside of the re- region, who haven't heard this, like, I don't know about y'all, but, like, I have heard this stereotype shit. Like, I have heard that beat to death. That has been done, done, yeah. done. I'm tired of that. So now <laughs> we are tired. Yeah. So now I just want, you know, like I just would like for since people who are inside, you know, doing the kind of work inside and around uh, or work they even deals with the region. I'd like for people who are outside of that kind of circle to look at this stuff and to say, oh, you know what? Yeah, that shit shows up all the time. And I just don't ever think about it. Like, as a matter of fact, I go to watch movies that have that crap in them and i can tell from the trailer they got that crap in it but i'm gonna go watch it mm-hmm. so that's my main goal with that so taking pictures and talking to people from the region about just their feelings on that that's about that's about it that's my project cool well we're glad to have you in the berg <laughs> oh yeah <clears throat> and then we have uh carrie here who uh is is already a trillbilly Tom told me the other day I was part of the the clan. We're treating it like the Wu Tang clan. Oh, apparently. good. Yeah, we're an ensemble. <laughs> he said that. Yeah, an ensemble. He said, <laughs> we, he's like, well, we may need to make sure that everybody's on board with that, but it just needs to have a revolve. <laughs> so he's yeah. like, y'all are in it. Y'all, y'all just need to be permanent fixtures. <laughs> yeah, the clan. Referring to me and, but not that. <laughs> I, as soon as I heard it, as soon as I heard it the first time, I was like, uh, I just kind of cringed a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But I hear clan, I think Wu-Tang. I don't think. Right. That's fair. <laughs> Let's focus on Anyway. Wu-Tang. Yeah. So I'm here. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Happy to have some extra time. Yeah. We're so glad that you're uh, sca- not mama I, in right now. I escaped my baby <laughs> and my husband. <laughs> he showed up. I only ran out of the house. <laughs> Love y'all. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Boy, bye. Have fun. <laughs> cool no i think that's cool i like thinking of having like you were just saying having you know depictions of us as a regional group you know and in, mm-hmm. in media and movies and things like i feel like you're i'm always like drawn to that like i want to see yeah. like oh they're trying to make something about like that movie big stone gap i didn't watch it. i haven't watched it <laughs> I but haven't watched part it of me was like oh that's i want to watch that it's gonna be cute it's gonna have scenes of big stone gap it's gonna have a little quirk and then i was like it's probably gonna be pretty terrible. I don't, you know. I just like there's like I a, loved it. You did you love it? I loved okay. it. I mean, it was real cheesy. Sure, like but so the, cheesy. But that, but that was also like the story and the mm-hmm. and the chosen cast and everything. So I, I yeah. don't know, but I, it's like I'm drawn between those things. It's like I want to see what I'm like what I'm drawn to, but at the other mm-hmm. on the other hand, it's like I don't. I worry they're gonna do it wrong, and I'm gonna get mad. Yeah. That's always, like you said, that's what everybody... I stay mad, so I don't worry about getting mad no more. (laughs) I just stay that way. (laughs) I think I need to accept that I am more than I do. Just a constant line of high blood pressure here. (laughs) 
a bag of cholesterol <laughs> on two feet. Oh, yeah. And they wonder why we have such health problems here. Uh, yeah. It's not it's not our lifestyles. It's it's because we're mad all the time. <laughs> no, it's definitely not the whiskey. <laughs> no, no. Definitely not the whiskey. That's medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Herbal relief. <laughs> Um, so what did you learn these past two days? You've been here talking to women the past two days, Sam? Yeah. Uh, what have you been hearing? So the... Dispatches from okay. the field. All right. From the field. <laughs> <laughs> On the scene. Uh, no. Uh, so I feel like that one of the things that I have heard over and over again is that <clears throat> there's all these uh, strong women that oftentimes get passed over and i'm not talking strong women like the the one strong woman that we see all the time is like this uh um you know she's she's a the mountain mammal she's old she's a kind of a matriarch of her family shotgun wielding (laughs) yeah she's hardcore buddy she ain't got no man though and she don't want no man she don't need no man and um men men don't want her she's unlovable exactly men don't want her they're intimidated by her Mm -hmm. and uh she oftentimes like carries around this kind of uh traditional knowledge or whatever but but um I mean, I think that what I'm, what I hear a lot of is that there, there are strong women in this region, like strong women who carry this huge weight, who do all this important work, who support their families and their communities and do, um, important work, um, for their communities, whether that's through church or, you know, other different community venues, whatever, you know, provide services to the community, um, and they just don't get their dues. And by God, I think it's time. <laughs> like, I know that that, that makes Past me sound too, terrible. Yeah, but I think it's time that we go ahead and buck up and we say, you know, women in this area are important. And they're not just important in the ways that the media wants to tell us that they're important. They're providers. They're you know, helpmates to their men. They, you know, like that's the kind of shit that you get fed. But like, they're important in different ways that aren't acknowledged. So I think that that's one one of my big takeaways. And then I think that the um, second big takeaway is that um, so many people in the region never see themselves. I didn't have one person who said... Yeah, you know what? Like, I really do see... see. They might have said, like, there's parts of me that I feel like can relate to some of these things. Or, like, people in my family can relate to, uh, can relate to some of these archetypes, but that's never the full picture. Um, and there wasn't one person who said, you know, like, yeah, I see myself in, person. In, yeah. in modern representations of women of the region. I, I am that person. Yeah. Or, like, I know, my, like, my... There was, wasn't even anybody who said, like, yeah, my sister... Or my cousin or my aunt or whatever, you know. Yeah, they're that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see them. So that just tells me that whoever the hell's out there making the media, first of all, (laughs) they don't know. um, And second of all, they don't care to tell it right. So then it's just a case of thinking about, well, how do we do that? How do we remedy that? Um, And I think it has to do with women doing their thing and making their own way making their own media making their own say so yeah um and they're already doing that in a lot of ways it's just not as popular as a big stone gap 
you know. Yeah, well, I know. Well, How like, do we get that Ashley Judd money? <laughs> well, like Ashley Judd is one of those women who I would say I'm, there is some distance between her and mm-hmm. and us, you know, or where we're at now or whatever. But at yeah. least she's somebody who's from the region. No, I agree. Yeah. And made, has made, worked hard. There's not a lot. It's still, even if somebody is dedicated to some type of media project, be it the news or journalism or a movie or a book mm-hmm. or whatever, who is really dedicated to trying to get it right, it's still going to be their interpretation of, exactly. what, of what their research is. Yeah, that's true. There, I don't think that there are enough people driven, enough women driven to to, to create it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I don't know why that is. Well, also, it's kind of a, you know, I feel like that from what I've seen, it's a men run the show sort of thing they always get the spotlight so even if you are a woman who's like i would really love to make something that speaks to this there's this like dose of reality in the back of your head that's i know i'm guilty of that i mean like Mm -hmm. being like well what's the point Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it'd be great but why bother Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah which is terrible a woman i used to work with uh, always said yeah the women do all the work around here but the men jump up on the fence post and crow about it (laughs) (laughs) so they get all the attention (laughs) and she was right (laughs) at the time i thought she was a bit paranoid (laughs) but uh she she was right on yeah well I think, too, this has been on my mind a lot from, like, personal experience, direct personal experience. But we just turned this into a therapy session. Oh, we tell us about that's what That's, well, that's one thing. There, see, yeah. any, anything we go off on, like, well, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, re- but really, I think women, you know, women are just innately strong and, like, immediately you're born strong and immediately you have all this put on you and so women who might would love to create a write a book would create a movie you know do all these things we're talking about like when are they gonna have the time exactly yeah yeah (laughs) you know like you're supposed to have like it's this is across i think all areas is the the idea of having it all or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's a bunch of bullshit like that's why is that even a concept have it all what does that mean like you you can raise your child really well, or you can ha- be really good at your job. You can, like, be good at your job, or you can take care of your ailing parents. Because mm-hmm. you're just naturally a caretaker. That's what you have to do. Yeah. I saw some stupid comment on Instagram about some... <laughs> which, again, <laughs> I'd catch myself getting into this. But some, some, someone on the internet said... Yes, but it really... But it was, <laughs> but it's all... When you see that stuff, I know it's like trolls. and But no, there's really people that think like this. And this guy yeah. had said, made some comment like... Well, women are are naturally caretakers, and men are naturally providers, and that's just what? how it works. And it's wow. like that's just how it works. What the hell? We're, like we actually are naturally all the goddamn things. <laughs> we have to be, and you're naturally shit. <laughs> right? You're naturally sitting here on Instagram taking time to make a comment on a stranger's post. Well, granted, I'm sitting here reading it, but oh yeah, yeah. But I'm taking a mental break from while my child naps. So leave me alone. You know, I I'm taking a five minute break while you're this literally all you do all day like yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that anyway i don't know that burns me up but yeah like the idea of that you're gonna have the time eventually yeah or the idea that like well when i get done with this and mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. how do we work it into how do we work in making things and being creative yeah. and being these strong women and feeling like we're already strong without having to look up to other people all the time how do we fit that in with having it all 
Yeah. I mean, I think there's also a whole element of uh, women being held to a completely different standard. And so even when we when we are able to move ourselves to this creative artistic space and put our views on display in whatever way it is, whether it's writing or mm-hmm. art, um, visual art, um, I just I feel like women have a totally get a totally different level of feedback we'll say like the criticism leveled on women the the criticism leveled on women is just through the roof um and i mean we see it all the time uh it's like the the old i'm gonna start refer last the last podcast we get we did we were interviewing a folklorist and she said that the um library of congress has started to archive memes Mm. And so now I'm going to start referring to when I want to say something I saw on a meme, I'm going to say that old meme, like that old <laughs> lore, that old that, that old story from the mountains. The, the, the folk meme. Yeah, that old folk meme tells us oh um, that if, if only women had the confidence of a mediocre white man in this world, you know, if we yeah. could only all muster yeah. the confidence and... Uh, and uh, just national platform <laughs> of video- mediocre white men. Mm-hmm. You know, our, one of our favorites here on Trillbillies is J.D. Vance. He's like one of our favorite <laughs> oh, mediocre yeah. white dudes <laughs> doing n- literally nothing in partic- nothing of importance Mm-mm. and getting all the uh, shine for it. Has he blocked y'all on Twitter yet? No. I'm just <laughs> Clearly, we haven't added him enough. He ain't been added enough. And it's not worth it. <laughs> At JD. Every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> every day. Every You're day. Terrible. You're terrible. You're <laughs> terrible. <laughs> My favorite thing of all of the podcasts so far besides the first episode probably being my favorite anyway but is, is somebody asked you if you'd read the book and you said no I got better things to do with my time <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, I still ain't done it no me still neither ain't. oh no. I have I well, have read oh well good so it we do have terrible. <laughs> yeah you actually did have a really good take on the book last night we were having a smoke on my back porch yeah, to yeah. which my throat still hasn't recovered Listen, <laughs> I smoked a black and mild Thursday night and today <laughs> is Monday and I'm not fully recovered <laughs> This is 31, people. You can't even enjoy a fucking black and mild anymore without a full five-day recovery train. What the fuck is this life? It's too much. I want it all. I want to be able to... If you want the tolerance, you got to keep smoking them. And I got to keep it going. God damn. You got to build it up. No, I don't... I can't do it. No, you shouldn't. I'm not into it, but... Yeah, I literally have ate a whole bag of cough drops. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm in a bad way. Mm Uh, but yeah, when we were smoking on the porch last night, you had a pretty good take about um, about Hillbilly Elegy, since you've read it. Yeah. <laughs> thank thank um, God someone did. Yeah, so I With don't... With a brain. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have... I do think I have a brain. I mean, I'm like breathing <laughs> and stuff, you know. <laughs> so whatever, for whatever, I can talk and I sound halfway intelligent sometimes. Um, but... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, there's that, I guess I was talking about the thing about the, how people say that that's a memoir, mm-hmm. and that they're fine with that. Well, I'm okay with that, because that's his own personal story, and that's a memoir, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I mean, that's fine, if you want to say that that's his experience in the region. Um, but also, he keeps using this stupid collective we all the time to refer to things. We don't read to our kids enough. 
We need to invest more in education systems. We should join faith communities. We should blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, get that collective we out your mouth. And I'm also like, and who is we? Who the fuck we? Yeah, well, this is my daily question. Who the fuck we? I, yeah, <laughs> who the fuck we? Well, like, yeah, we, okay, sure. But what are you really doing in your daily life, JD, at JD? What are you doing <laughs> to actually contribute to those things that you say we need to be doing? I know. And also, I mean, a memoir, sure. Your personal experience. I'm with you on that. Whatever. Yeah. I've heard people say that, too. And I'm like, well, I guess. But but why? But you know why it's taken off and why it's become so pop is because he's given everybody what they want to hear about the region. Yeah, they want to hear that we don't that our education is shit. We've chosen all this for our lives. We've done all this and like that. The problem is is that people see mm-hmm. his personal experience as what everyone's personal experience is here, and that's not the case. Yeah. And no one, no, nothing is going to take off from here. And, and be far-reaching because no one wants to hear yeah. people like us and things about strong... And th- you know, nobody wants to hear that about the region. They want to hear that it's doomed to fail, mm-hmm. that we've done it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're fucking ourselves over because we're idiots and we're stupid. Yeah. And, like, that's that's the thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, I mean, also one of the things that I have... And I didn't really talk about this last night. And, and I have mixed feelings about this because I feel like that people... I feel like that oftentimes in, like, different communities, you know, like... It, regional anything communities regional like mm-hmm. studies communities regional literary communities regional mm-hmm. music whatever that there's often like this uh, kind of competition to be more real you know like <laughs> i'm more real than you because yeah. i'm from you know so and so but uh one of the problems that i had too when i first read that book is um he he's not living in like no. eastern kentucky or west virginia he's on the funeral circuit He's coming down for funerals and shit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's living up there in Ohio. Um, and, I mean, I feel like that I'm removed from the region just living in central Kentucky, you know. And, and I was like, you come down here, like, as a tourist, basically, mm-hmm. for two weeks during the summer to stay with your, like, family members over in Jackson County. Uh, no, Breathitt County, sorry, in Jackson. And um, that's... Uh, what you see of the region. And and so, and then people take him seriously. Right. They take him seriously. And I'm like, okay. So I was trying to explain this to somebody one day. And of course they thought I was talking to a man. So of course he was like, you're stupid. And like shut me down immediately. But I was <laughs> oh like, my God. yeah, but I was like, let's, let's think about this for a minute. Okay. So my name is Sam Cole and I live in Batesville, Kentucky in Lee County. Uh, for two weeks a year, I go and visit my uncle Tommy who lives up in New York city. When I get older, I decide that after my 20-something years of going back every two weeks to New York City, that by God, I'm going to write you a book about the mean-ass, dirty streets of New York City. (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to be real, and it's going to be legit. You're going to write about your hard times in the Bronx. Exactly. (laughs) And then, people, if I was to pitch that and be like, here you go, publishers, check it out. They'd be like, you're so full of shit. Get the fuck out of my office. Like, you're not a, you know, you're not actually a New Yorker. Yeah. So, and you're going to call it elegy? New Yorker elegy, whatever. Elegy. So that it's like the last word, <laughs> the last word yeah. in in yeah. this uh, conversation is going to be me cuz I've I've been here a collective 100 hours of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just how I feel about it and I was like, so I don't understand, but I think that one of the reasons why he's getting all this playtime and stuff is is because, you know, He's this white guy, graduated from Harvard, um, 
La-dee-da. Good for him. <laughs> Marine. <laughs> like, decided to conform to this is what kills me too reading that book like there was one point in reading that book since y'all said you didn't read it where i physically felt <laughs> not so- mad about it yeah no it's fine yeah. I, it was a hate read and also i marked up my copy like it was your granny's bible except with cuss words <laughs> in the like margins like i underlined shit. fuck this yeah exactly this <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who the fuck we yeah. <laughs> that was exactly what i did um but there's this one point where I actually feel sorry for him. He talks about going to the military and whatever. I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> Congratulations. Like, I don't know 14 people on in my family who went to the yeah. military. Yeah. Um, but he went to the military and uh, he comes back home and he talks about how the military has made him think about things differently. And he talks, in, he talks specifically about the food that his granny serves to him and how that, like, he gets served this food and um instead of being like what my reaction would be which is like oh hell yeah granny like you give me some fried chicken and some oh yeah i'm excited no he thinks about how that it's terrible how that the food is suddenly terrible and that you know it's bad for him as far as health wise and blah 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 and all this other stuff and at that moment there was something that like just it just clicked in my brain and I thought, JD, I feel so sorry for you. You have been stripped of your culture. <laughs> like you have been stripped of whatever you had that was left in you. A minuscule of yes, realness. Yes, a minuscule an amount to conform to this military viewpoint. You know, this military, which I think is probably largely white, middle class, normalized American mm-hmm. culture that he had had that taken from him and he was experiencing this sort of like i don't you know like well, and like if that's you're a hot take if, yeah, empathy for jd it. yeah <laughs> but i mean but it was only in that moment because then yeah. later i was like but really i mean you're an asshole who's a huge mouthpiece and you ain't doing shit for the people and back you're home. not even going to compliment your greenies cooking exactly yeah. yeah that's what pissed me off the, the, well, that's I, the hottest part of hell's reserved for you buddy Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and the whole, I, I'm just yeah, we keep talking about them though. I feel I like isn't that part of the part of the problem? It is part bit? of the problem. And one, I almost have, feel like at this point, because he he just had another op-ed. Like he is just mm-hmm. there, he's he's riding this train to glory. She's riding this straight to. Uh, he's he's going to be in Congress. He's going to be a congressman. He's going to he. I almost feel like this was a strategic. Oh, good. Then maybe he can save our education. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you get elected? We'll be like, who the fuck we? Yeah. <laughs> you said we. You're gonna yeah. hook us up with that? Yeah. Still right. Here. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, um, you know, you're a writer, Sam. Am that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear who are some authors that you love. Oh, okay. Well, this is easy. That's no, good. I'm actually gonna be taking that. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> the first, the first one, I have a deep respect for people who I think uh, are in the region who carry on this kind of. Uh, I think that there's something to be said about about writers who are they're real. First of all, <laughs> the Trillbilly writers. Yeah, they they are a hundred and ten percent like trill. Yeah, they're they are they're on it, and so like one of the authors who I really love, and granted, um, you know he is now passed, and so some of his works kind of dated. Would be Don West. I think a hundred and ten percent. If you ain't read Don West, you got to get Don West book. Like mm-hmm. you got to do it. Clods of Southern Earth. It was like I mean that volume of poetry at one time had sold 
when it came out, it had sold almost as many copies as Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass, but oh, nobody wow. knows him. Nobody no knows him, you know? Yeah. So um, he's one for sure, for sure. And he helped found the Highlander Center. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah he's a real radical. Um, also, his FBI file is online, which I have checked out. It's pretty badass. <laughs> um, so, so legit. Yeah. So, legit. <laughs> so if you want to go find him, there's also like some oral histories with him and stuff, which is pretty, pretty badass. But um, he's great. He's from... Uh, north georgia and then moved kind of all around the region to do organizing work and different things um i'm trying to think who else would be be legit um frank x walker i think i think he's pretty legit um like um he's from you know there's some people i've heard some people who are like but he's from danville and i'm like (laughs) Like who? Yeah. Who he created cares? the Afro-Latin Exactly. Yeah. I, when and, I went to governor's school for the arts in high mm-hmm. school, and you know Frank X helped, or you know, started that, and like mm-hmm. what? And mm-hmm. I, one of my teachers in the tract I took was part of the poets, oh, and it just, so I, cool. it was one of those things that was like eye-opening. Like, oh wow, yeah, this is great because mm-hmm. you know we all went to, or I did anyway, white as hell schools, and yeah, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Luckily, I don't know. That was, mm-hmm. I think all of their work mm-hmm. is great. Just Me too. as a collective, is amazing. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and then uh, two another person is Crystal Wilkinson. Yeah. Oh my God, you got to get a hold of that Crystal Wilkinson. Like, yeah, and she's a poet, right? She's a poet, and she uh, also, well, she she writes like. So some of her first books were kind of like these prose kind of stories or whatever like these prose narratives or whatever um and she recently put out a, a novel that has won all this acclaim this this mm-hmm. book called birds of opulence mm-hmm. um and so like yeah novelist writer i think she has r- wrote some poetry too down through the years but i think she is fantastic um I don't know. Yeah, one of my favorites is Bell Hooks. Oh, Lord, yeah. I think Lord, I've talked yeah. about no. this before. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and even last night, we were chatting about a book that I love um, called All About Love. And it's, um, I highly recommend it. But um, that's more of a, just in general, a general read mm-hmm. to, like, get your mind right. And I <laughs> highly recommend it to men to think about oh, yeah. how, um, how love of community and uh, all kinds of different love, like, manifestations of love Mm -hmm. especially throughout the lives of women yeah um influences our daily experiences um it talks a lot about self-love too which i think is a really important and lacking area of uh movement Mm -hmm. how we how we keep ourselves up and going but she also bell writes a ton about the region and her experience uh, being a queer black woman um, in rural America, and now she lives in Berea. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, she's the first black woman living in the in the country to have a a academic center named for her. Oh, oh really? I didn't know at Berea because she has yeah. she, has she this, does have the institute. There, yeah, they yeah. just started, which is pretty new, right? Yeah, it's like maybe a year or two old, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, long-term goal is to get Belle on Trillbillies. Oh. I think we can work it out. Oh, yeah. She really loves Apple Shop. Mm-hmm. Going to have to get the whole clan together for that episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be a gathering. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> the Wu-Tang. Oh, yeah, get the Wu-Tang in here. <laughs> the Trill, the Trill, 
Trill gang. Trill tang. Trill tang. Sounds like Beltane. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out the right way to tie all that Mm -hmm. together. It's real hard. We'll figure it out. Some difficult syllables. I mean, I think we have to be like a biker gang. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm missing, like, a leather jacket, but I need one. Everybody yeah. else probably has one. I have a pleather. It's good enough. Well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Why not just an old denim jacket? I like, do all that. The I got a lot of good pins. Wear. I got a lot of good you pins know? on We me. definitely all have a denim jacket. Because yeah. sometimes we all show up to a party in the fall, and <laughs> we should have found first. Compare buttons on it. <laughs> Yeah, we have to compare buttons. I don't have a patch on mine. I'm just all buttons. Yeah. I have, I have one. I have a patch for my more punk appearances. I don't even pretend to be And mine. then I have my regular <laughs> that I can wear to the grocery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're going out. I got my out. winter one now with the Sherling collar, you oh, know, yeah, keep me warm. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah that's good. The versions of denim. Let's <laughs> write that book. <laughs> A book of poem ode to my jacket. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Sam, you have been a fan of the show since day one. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. You've been messaging me about the show. Hell, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I've been trying to get you on. <laughs> this is my dream come true to have you on, Trillbillies. Um, We're so glad that you're finally here and that you've been repping us. Mm-hmm. And I recently learned that you've been a socialist since way back. You've been yeah. 10-year card-carrying, huh? Card-carrying, by God. Yeah. <laughs> um, I... Uh, I don't have it on me. I wish I would have brought it, but I didn't think about it. Yeah, um, card carrying socialist. You pay your dues. You get you, you get your card in the mail and your sticker says you paid your dues. The next year you pay your dues and they send you the sticker so you can affix it to your card. Oh my god, just like your car tags. Exactly. Yeah. You get a new sticker every year. That's awesome. Yeah. So it just gets real thick. You just keep piling I, it yeah. on. Yeah. Well, no. You, there's different squares, and then after so many oh, times, damn. they send you a new. They send you a new, a fresh card. So amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And so, how did you come to know you were a socialist? Tell us your journey. Okay. Well, uh, I think I mentioned this kind of last night, but um, <clears throat> Upton Sinclair's The Jungle. Um, which a lot of people would say is a dated book. <laughs> and a lot of people also know that book for FDA regulations of the meatpacking industry, <laughs> as opposed to it being um, any kind of socialist um, work. <laughs> but, I mean, to be fair, Upton Sinclair once, I mean, like, when he, they asked him about that book, he made some comment about, like, um, he wanted to... Like, he wanted to punch America in the wallet, but instead he missed and hit their stomach or something like that, you know, because oh. of the FDA regulations. He was like, yeah, no, it was original, you know, because, like, people in government read that book, but instead of being like, oh, my God, this is like, dude, socialism is the way, or whatever, they were just like, oh, we gotta my God. got to do something about that. Yeah, they were just <laughs> like, there's, there's possible rats in our sausages. God. we got to fix that. So, you know, it just, like... They kind of missed the point. <laughs> do you really think they missed the point? Or do you think they rerouted mm. the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like, this is potentially dangerous. So <laughs> I love to err on the side of conspiracy theory. So yeah, for sure. That's, that's yeah. the yeah. official position of Trillbillies, too. I think <laughs> yeah. TWP, yeah. we err on the side of conspiracy. Oh, my God. But how did you get a hold of this book as a teenager? Yeah, so uh, I went to the library at my high school. And Which is, where'd you go to high school? Lee County High School. Go Bobcats. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I went to the um, library in my high school and I had picked up a copy of it we had there. 
<clears throat> in the library and I brought it to the front desk and the the person who was the librarian I think she might still be the librarian there um was married to my U.S. history teacher my U.S. studies teacher and my U.S. studies teacher was all the time like we would um, trade stuff back and forth like you know cds and like bootleg concerts and all this other stuff like we would trade back and forth and um his wife who was a librarian would oftentimes bring me books that weren't in the library for whatever reason like what that you know were banned books like i told you last night i read the handmaid's tale because she brought it in um i also read uh as a teenager as a teenager oh my yes God, i just read that it messed me up oh yeah uh-huh and then i read a uh, also the electric kool-aid acid test that book oh, yeah. changed my life and I read it because she brought it in. She had an old beat up copy and she was like, go for it. And so they were just radicalizing so this cool. teenager. They were like, okay, they saw a spark in you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they were like getting, they were just going ahead and the force is strong with this. pushing me, uh-huh. pushing yeah. me, you know, farther and farther. So yeah, I brought that book up to the counter and I said, uh, she looked at me and she said, do you really want to read this? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And she goes, uh, okay, well, I tell you what. I have a better version of this at home, so I'm going to bring it in to you. And I was like, okay. So I guess the version that, that was in the library was slightly different than the version she brought in in that the version that she brought in, like there was some extra chapter on the end that oftentimes got left out of the other volumes because it was a book about the, the terrible meatpacking industry. You know, it wasn't this piece of like... Um, socialist propaganda is what they wanted to call it you know like in the whatever she brought in the penguin edition Mm -hmm. whatever Uh you know um but that's what she had given it to me specifically because it did have that last chapter in it um Mm. and that was the difference between the two versions and so that's why i read that book and i was just like all these things started falling into place about um where i lived at and our economic situation and um you know my dad is a, is a factory worker has been a factory worker his whole life and i just was like all oh, this shit makes sense now it just all makes sense to me so then you know from there once you get it's like a it was a gateway drug <laughs> you know <laughs> babyville courthouse to register as a socialist <laughs> Yeah, I guess they won't let you do that in the state of Kentucky. Um, so, no, I went to the courthouse and I registered to vote uh, as a Democrat because you don't really have much of a choice in the state um, unless you want to get, like, put on that weirdo, what I thought was, and I don't know if they're still doing it this way, but I assume because mm-hmm. I ain't seen them voter registration cards change. Like No. Yeah. Three like, options three options and then if you have uh if you want a fourth option you you go to frankfurt and you have to present all this paperwork and uh, uh you know give them your id and give you that and i was like that's just that's just a fucking government blacklist bitches like <laughs> no i'm not buying into this shit saw that coming from a mile away oh, yeah oh sure i'll just bring all this paperwork yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah so you can see me carrying it in. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, what about your family, like your parents? How did how? Oh how, Lord, yeah. So which part though? I mean, because well, that's the interesting I know. Did story. They, well, I just wonder, like, um, you know, your dad being a factory worker—is mm-hmm. that something that like registered with him? Do you talk about this with them? Did you then? Do you now? That's a like, good question. are y'all on the? Um, 
Is he on the level? Oh, God. Is it difficult? <laughs> I wish I could say that, you know, I wish I could be like, yeah, my my parents are totally on board with this. Um, but, I mean, I do remember that my my dad, there was sort of this, I told him, um, <clears throat> I told him eventually that I, what my political leanings were, and uh, my parents are both extremely conservative. Um, in the last election, they was riding the... Who's riding the Trump train? They're all bored. And um, so, yeah, which is sad. But the weird thing about my dad is he's a factory worker. He right. worked in factories in Ohio for several years after he graduated high school. And because of that, like, I can't talk to my dad about political shit worth a, worth a damn most of the time. Like, I try, I try, you mm-hmm. know, and we get into some conversations here and there and mostly tiffs. But, you know, um. So I try to talk to him about it, but there is one thing that I can get my dad on, and he will talk about it all day, and that's unionization of the worker. Mm -hmm. And I know, even though my dad is conservative, I feel like that there has to be more people like that out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so who have, like, experienced this firsthand, you know, what the... what that kind of power, collective power can do for people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could talk to him about that. I could talk to him about that from now mm-hmm. till kingdom come, you know. like. <laughs> do you ever, him. like, bring it up and then you're, like, just inching in some more, a little bit more, a little like, bit more, a little bit more. Wait, what was that, like, Dad? Did you say you were a socialist? Is that what you said? <laughs> Starting to get like, well, yeah, well, you know, if unionization makes sense to you, what about this? You know, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. I know, use it as a bridge. I... I I haven't done that. I haven't tried that, so. I just wonder, because I think, like, you know, no wonder it's hard to come out as, with a different sexual orientation. It's hard enough for people to come out to their parents as a damn socialist or Democrat, (laughs) like, around here. It's a lot of, I know it is a lot of families. I am super spoiled and super lucky and even privileged in a way that I grew up with, like, an atheist and a bunch of liberal parents. So, like, I... (laughs) Uh, I don't have, like, I see a lot of my peers and friends who, like, you know, going home for the holidays is stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think about, like, that's got, I mean, I think that that impacts a whole lot of people's ability to speak out on issues. Yeah. Oh, I agree. But you're right. There's so many inroads. Unionization, certainly around here, is a stronghold. Most people still have a lot of... um commitment to the union even though the union has gotten so weak and in many ways fucked people over yeah, <laughs> locally um the union kind of gave up on people years ago here and uh but people haven't given up on the union and so i think that's really an important inroad that we have here and then also with you know family members and just um acquaintances that i know who voted for trump almost across the board it's really anti-establishment vote Mm -hmm. it's like they have been analyzing their situation just fucking fine and seen that politicians are fucking them over like that's a pretty clear and we can we can agree on a lot of these things Mm -hmm. um and so i don't know i think the we we know that the national narrative of uh rural people is fucked up and right i mean clearly you were radicalized in your own fucking high school library <laughs> sam you didn't have to go visit new york city no. to get a goddamn clue we no. can read down here <laughs> yeah i don't um yeah, see, my dad would have been that teacher radicalizing other students. Yeah, so like, we, yeah, your dad was a teacher. Yeah, we got it. We got it at home. We got plenty radicalized at home. Oh, my favorite is that wasn't your mom your dad's student? 
Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, no, sort of. No, like she, she wasn't like in his class or anything. I, okay. And I know that that's super. Like I, I've grappled with this for a long time. No, it's it's <laughs> wonderful. Which but, maybe we shouldn't air out their laundry. They might listen. We love them. Your parents are right. A+. Well, and I and I talk about it a lot because it's kind of one of those things. Like, oh yeah, I'm a student. Yeah, I'm it's a pretty student. fun story to it twist. It was his first year <laughs> teaching though, and she was a senior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, and they're I mean they're eleven years apart or whatever. But they've also in January they're going to be married forty years. So it's yeah. one of those things. Like uh, anyway. Don't, yeah. It's a success story. It's a success story. Not that I would ever (laughs) condone that kind of shit. (laughs) Nowadays. Get it in, They're super lucky that they didn't, that it wasn't a thing. My mom, though, when she was five years old, I'm pretty sure my mom was, like, acted like a 30-year-old. So, like, she, (laughs) I I went to see, I went to stay with my parents. I'm fun employed briefly right now. (laughs) And I went to see my parents for a couple of days and just kind of chill out let mom cook for me. It was wonderful. Um, you appreciate, but the, it. I must have used the phrase "I don't." We don't have time for the male ego about fifteen times. Oh. Like I'm just, it's, in, it's just gotten in my head, and like that's one of them. Like I don't have time to not to excuse my behavior because of your male ego. Like that is a bunch of shit. And like yeah. the thing is, is I don't think people realize that's the origin of a lot of response to women. Yeah. Fragility. fragility. A lot of it, even if you think about things that you teach children to do, like encourage them to be polite, encourage them to have manners, a lot of that is, when you really like think about it, Mm -hmm. it's to seem like you're a well-behaved person by man's standards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you need to sit and be quiet at the dinner table and be still at the dinner table. So it's probably not to annoy your father. That's probably where all that comes from. Yeah. And like, or... I don't know. You could run a, run the gamut, and I think a lot of it has to do with that. Yeah, I mean, I I think if we were teaching consent in particular early on to five six year olds, which we easily could, we mm-hmm. could easily be saying, "Yeah, this is your body, and if you want to hug someone, you can ask for a hug, but you can also say, no, thank you, I don't want to hug you, Uncle Joe.' I mean, how many right. times do you see little girls mm-hmm. be forced to yep. like hug a family member or All whatever? Um, and I just cannot get it out of my head um, since doing these sex ed workshops where we talk about consent quite a bit. Is that if we were teaching consent at such a young age to all people, we would be in a very difficult, very different political climate because we would have a whole different relationship to our bodies, our communities, like mm-hmm. our our quality of life. And I just think that there would be a little bit of a different situation of what we let politicians get away with. Because we are not even we don't we, there's never a point in our education system where we discuss consent. Mm hmm. No, at, and at no point. You're the, you're actually the person who's like introduced that to my brain lately, and it and I have a daughter now. She's six. I have a six month old, and it's something I've become super aware of. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't. I want to raise her in a way that she realizes like these things are in our systematic and are in our society, but not necessarily for the right reasons and mm-hmm. and then I think about that with relatives I've been guilty of that myself to, you know to my nieces and my nephew and be like oh you know please give me a hug I'm not gonna see you know when we're leaving or yeah. when, we, mm-hmm. when we see each other and I most of them are like yeah of course love and carry that's great and then but my my youngest niece she has never been into that it's not yeah. just me it's nobody mm-hmm. and it's she's she's set that up herself like it's not like my sister's like you don't have to hug anyone you do. I mean I'm sure she 
does yeah. preach that but like that's something I've, I've actually witnessed her naturally do that and it's made me rethink things especially after you were talking about that mm-hmm. yeah i mean when we just hyper we we normalize the fucked up things that happen to us mm-hmm. so yeah. that we can admit so that we can feel some level of normalcy <laughs> in the world so, you so know what i you mean you don't have to think about how fucked up stuff is yeah and, and that starts with our bodies and it and it is just like a microcosm of our yes. entire communities when our water is completely fucking poisoned and we literally have a no touch advisory we have really no other choice but to sort of hyper normalize it and be like yes. well and in, in, in this community it's pretty hard not to normalize it because it mm-hmm. happens every two years like goddamn clockwork yep. there's mm-hmm. an oil spill from the local oil tycoon into the drinking water and there's a no touch zone and we're literally running all over town the last time this happened i ran into the laundromat and had to say there's a no touch advisory there's no y'all got to shut down and they were like well nobody's called us well of mm. course they haven't no they don't who would and people are in there washing their baby's clothes well and i feel and i feel horrible about all of this like in flint and in all these other places and in charleston when they had the mm-hmm. problem and stuff yeah. and, and i feel it's one of those things like i want to be like i get it but I, I don't know what to do. What are any of you all going to do? We've not been able to do anything about yeah, exactly. it. exactly. And yeah. I have friends in other cities who are, like, I remember a friend of mine, like, posted this thing about how this article about, oh, it's so wasteful to buy p- water in plastic bottles and, yep. like, just drink your tap water. I'm like, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. Yeah. And I have to have these stress stressful freakout mm-hmm, moments mm-hmm. about there being BPA and other horrible chem- endocrine disruptors for it. Like, I have an endocrine disorder, yeah. so I have to drink water from these plastic bottles. Yep. It's probably fucking up my disease worse. It's so... Yeah, well, gosh, boy, we yeah. really... Well, we went down. Well, I mean, but it's true. But I it mean, affects us. But that's endocrine disorders affect women more than they do affect men, and and we're the ones who have you know we're mm-hmm. staying home cooking for our families and washing <laughs> our clothes. Yeah, I mean and, it's but, just all yeah right. And this is like you know on the left right now it's it's there it's kind of agreed upon that a lot of people feel like universal health care is the issue that the most people can unite around and we can gain a lot of ground on water has to be an issue that issue too yeah i don't understand why that's not a bigger so yeah there's so many unifying factors around the fucked up water systems across this country that people literally the most basic element of life i'm a cancer i'm a water sign so i'll just say (laughs) that the most critical (laughs) element to human life is water water as as an authority here as an astrologer (laughs) (laughs) highly skilled astrologer let me tell you there's so much but it is it affects literally everything and that's something that has been i think i really i mean i seriously could just start if i actually start talking about it too much i'll probably go home and have a major anxiety attack but no i the health problem is so real and like Speaking of said endocrine disorder, I had to go all over this damn state to find a doctor who would actually listen to me. There's there's so much deep, like the water leads to the food production, leads to yep. ap- literally everything. And then with the healthcare problems, it's not just insurance. No. It's a decent system where people can actually, like I had, I don't know how many people I had in this town. I had three doctors in this town mm-hmm. when I tried to tell them that I had this problem they were like well i don't think you do i think you need to take an antidepressant Mm. i had three different doctors tell me that i finally found someone who would do the proper blood test would listen to me and guess what i had it because i'm not an idiot (laughs) (laughs) 
it's genetic. I'm not a moron. Every woman in my family has this problem. Mm -hmm. I think I have a clue. (laughs) And because I was able to go and pursue this and have someone, an awesome female doctor, Mm -hmm. by the way. Mm -hmm. Not that only female doctors are great, you know, but still just Mm -hmm. that helped a little bit. Helped me get better. Helped me get pregnant. I was trying forever to get pregnant. That's a huge issue, too. Mm-hmm. I think our, the state of women's health is not even just the, like, abortion debate choice issue. There's so much else. Like, if we can't take care of ourselves, if we can't trust our, trust our health care practitioners mm-hmm. to take care of us, do you know how many people have some sort of um, problem, hormonal issue, or physical ailment that keeps them from having children or having a healthy reproductive yeah. system and how much having a healthy reproductive system, whether you want children or not, mm-hmm. how important that is. <clears throat> if your hormones are out of whack, your whole body just is fucked. Yeah. And, and the, the thought that we wouldn't prioritize women's health is so bizarre. We are birthing every motherfucking human. Every, all yes. of them. Mm-hmm. We are, mm-hmm. we are birthing the whole, we are bringing yes. out the whole population all of them. Yeah. Like but all you want to, uh, but all everybody wants to talk about is whether or not the government's plan for abortion. They're not. <laughs> but <laughs> let's go on. Yeah. We only want to talk about this tiny piece and then defund and, places like Planned Parenthood that right. are one of the only places that are prioritizing and, women's health. And guess what? Texas eliminated them. And they have, they have as a state, a state within our country, oh, wow. the highest Mater- not infant mortality rate, maternal mota- mortality rate of developed countries. Wow. That it has shot, but, and because too, a lot of like Hispanic women coming across the border or come into Texas, they land in Texas and they don't have shit care because they probably didn't have shit care in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Not that I, I don't want to mean to put that on Mexico. I'm just, <laughs> I, <laughs> that just probably sounded a little Can't bit. be that good. Anyway, they're coming over here and then we're, we're, we're giving them Texas. Here you go. Yeah. And, I mean, if you think about hierarchy of needs, too, I mean, if people aren't having their health care needs met, how are they supposed to successfully raise children to be, like, (laughs) contributing members of society? How are they supposed to go out and work and have it all? Like, they can't. If you have a disorder like like thyroid disorders, hormone disorders, things like endometriosis, polycystic ovarian Mm -hmm. syndrome, anything like that, that literally makes you exponentially more likely to have depression and anxiety and and you can't i mean you just can't function and then you and then you see people then you see men say like well maybe you're on your period yeah and and like oh your hormones can't be that serious it's just your hormone take them take some take Mm -hmm. some headache medicine and like they don't they don't understand at all they don't want to listen and an actual licensed doctors telling you it's all in your head. Yes, yes, yep. it's on your head, which yep. I think is not unremoved from the fact that there are no, there are like one or two, but closer to zero legitimate therapists in this town. <laughs> so right. they're, they're telling you that something's yes. wrong that you can't go to someone else for because there's not yep. someone else to go to. Exactly. That that was it's actually like that was end. what really pissed me off is like the two doctors that told me to just that I that I just needed to take an antidepressant mm-hmm. that my problems were fine mm. and it was just my head i'm like you're well one of you is a nurse practitioner and the other is a physician assistant so i'm going to rely on you to prescribe me antidepressants yeah 
Yeah. This actually reminds me of one of my favorite episodes of Golden Girls. Did y'all see this episode? <laughs> so this is my question for you, Carrie. Have you circled back to any of these uh, oh. fucked up doctors and been like, hey, guess what, bitch? I've wanted to. I really have. You I haven't? actually saw one of them. I'm not going to I'm not going to name any names because mm-hmm. I've actually th- one of the problems with this one doctor, too, was that it was somebody somebody I knew went to her to this doctor. It was this was a female doctor who was not very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a friend of mine went to her for the same problem that I have yeah it's like she's great oh she'll listen to you she's so great and I granted like oh well I know I'm going off on this but <laughs> I was upset I, I I actively tried to get pregnant for a long time mm-hmm. and it wasn't happening and so I was like I know this is part of the problem why and I was upset in the doctor's office trying to talk to her about it and she was like well listen I think you need to seriously consider taking an antidepressant god forbid anyone have an emotional experience (laughs) in a doctor's office exactly and like oh i'm crying so i must just be depressed are you kidding me fuck that shit yeah yeah so she said you know like i think well and she's like well because if you are having depression it's a really and if you're going to take an antidepressant you shouldn't be pregnant anyway oh my god oh my god so she's like so maybe you need to take a year off from trying and take an antidepressant and i'm like but you're also again you're just a practitioner you're not a psychiatrist you're not going to work with me on whether or not this medication potentially is working or not you're not going to address the original issue like it just doesn't make any sense anyway so (laughs) down the road i i didn't take it by the way i got i realized that and arguing with her was not going to go anywhere so i just took the prescription i went home and i ripped it up i didn't take Mm -hmm. it yeah i just kept i just kept pursuing another doctor Mm -hmm. not Um, that not that people shouldn't rip up all their prescriptions no 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 but i I just was like some people need their stuff yeah that's true get get it in i will say i have in the past taken stuff for anxiety and it helped a lot of the time Yep. It, that's a good thing, but like, do it correctly. Yeah, and mm-hmm. don't be dismissed if you need to address something. Address it. But yeah. I did see her out eating dinner, um, and I th- and I'm pretty a, sure this could have you could have totally replayed this episode of the Golden Girls because yeah. this is what happened. Dorothy d- had the same experience. Yeah. This doctor told her she was crazy. She finally found a doctor that said, "Oh yeah, actually, this is a really rare la 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 la. This is what's going on with you." And she just like wept tears of joy that she like had a legitimate. Wait, she diet. cried though. That's not really a good. Yeah. Reaction. Uh, yeah. I'm then he put her on eight on a person. He put her on mood stable. Yeah. <laughs> but then she saw the motherfucker, the old doctor, in a restaurant. And she went up and like cussed him out in front of his young <laughs> wife, who's a very old guy, and like cussed him out in front of his young wife. And he uh, tried to like leave, and his wife said, "Sit." And she made yeah, him listen yeah. to Dorothy. Uh, it was so good. I'm gonna like I'm gonna find this clip online and put it into the oh audio. My oh my god! I you love should. Golden Girls all the way. That's gonna be our no, please our artwork it. for this. I episode. really because I thought about it and I I can't remember if I knew I for sure had already been on the medication I needed, but I don't remember if I was pregnant or not. Um, but it was close to the time, you know. And I just I saw her and I wanted to be like, Doctor Bud, I came to you sick, sick and scared. And you dismissed me. You didn't have the answer. And instead of saying, I'm sorry, I don't know what's wrong with you, you made me feel crazy, like like I had made it all up. You dismissed me. You made me feel like a a child, a, a fool, a neurotic who was wasting your precious time. Is that, is that your caring profession? Is that healing? No one deserves that kind of treatment, Dr. Bud, no one. 
I suspect had I been a man, I might have been taken a little bit more seriously and not told to go to a hairdresser. Look, I am not going to sit here anymore. Shut up, Lois. All the bodies. All the bodies. All bodies. Listen, listen. to your body. We listen, talk about this in sex. Listen day. to your body. And chances are, if you feel like something's not right, it's not. And if you think like, well, nobody's going to help me, which I did several times. This is what would happen. I'd have mm. this pattern. I'd go see a doctor. They'd tell me, you know, I was fine or normal or to take an antidepressant. I'd go home. I'd be really sad for like a month. And then my symptoms were just so out of control that I couldn't not keep pursuing it yeah and so luckily i did i mean i went through that pattern for several for several years and finally it worked out but like i just think you have to take care of yourself there's a lot of emphasis right now on self-care yeah and it seems kind of silly and it also seems like something that that you're privileged to be able to do but at the same no, time it's survival it's, this yeah, is survival. it is survival bell hooks teaches us in all about love that this is literal fucking survival and we cannot contribute like we cannot be yeah. our full self and if we don't love and also ourselves. self-care does not mean you have to pay a ton and go to a spa and get a blah blah, no. blah, 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 blah. it just mm-hmm. it means taking 10 minutes out of the day to do whatever makes you yeah. happy or yeah. or or work a little bit towards something that's going to make you feel yeah. better yeah the, today uh, a coworker of mine came back from a trip to massachusetts she had been in massachusetts for a week and she said that she met a guy who was about to go on a three-week meditation. <laughs> what? And she said that he, she just looked at it. Why like do you she have to go couldn't. somewhere for that? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand that either. Three they weeks They have apps now for your iPhone. Meditation. You just like plug in your headphones and just. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Oh my God. I was like, what? Three-week meditation. Who has three weeks to. To give no. up out of their lives? The most luxurious yeah. thing I've ever done is do a two-day yoga retreat at Pine Mountain Settlement Me too. <laughs> Me too. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Which Who I are hope these they people? do again. I'd like to go back. I know. That was great. I know. I really did love it. I need to go back too. They've done um, it a few times. They usually do it at the the first weekend of the year. So you, yeah. it's like a New Year's. I set a lot of New Year's resolutions, like some intentions. That's good. Intentions. It, it did a lot for How are me. you doing on that? Are you keeping up with them? Well, this was four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> just now crossing the Three years ago. Yeah, I'm getting yeah, I'm to them. Getting. I'm, They're, I'm getting yeah. there. Working your way down the list. You no. Know. Now I set intentions every new moon. Because I'm like trying to be my most witchy self these days. I like that. And so every new moon, I'll set intentions. I'm also fairly certain that the um, the witchy stuff y'all did is what helped me get pregnant. Oh, too. yeah. We, we had a fertility ceremony for you, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When that baby's old enough, I'm going to tell her all about the fertility ceremony that brought her into oh, our lives. We're going to teach her how to do that. I know. My gosh. Baby's first altar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can we talk about for just a second? Because this was, I mean, some of this came up when I was doing interviews with people but can we talk for a second about like can we talk about some granny magic yeah can we yes. talk about some witchy shit because i want to get real into it i'm i love i'm blessed to have a mother-in-law that's a super appalachian witchy woman i <laughs> love that shit i try to ask her all the time like tell me more yeah yeah it's almost too spooky to get into it is too much like bit. my yeah. mom on on numerous occasions people have come to my mother in her sleep this is her this is how she says it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wilkie come to me in my sleep last night and i know something wasn't right and i got up this morning and called sure enough he passed on last night tanya wilkie's gone and i'm like okay okay <laughs> it's just like <laughs> this know. happens all like the that. time yeah to my i mother. do too i have stuff like that's happened in my mm-hmm, family too mm-hmm. you got the side yeah get more in touch well every solstice and equinox 
uh, there's a crew of us that get together on top of Pine Mountain and try to do a little ceremony of sorts. <laughs> We're mostly drunk and shit talk, but <laughs> we often do have well, a fire and we sometimes we'll write some things on paper mm-hmm, and burn it mm-hmm, to try to put mm-hmm. some stuff behind us and set some intentions and uh, start having a platform and just keep going. Yeah, I'm excited for your project. I can't wait to see what comes. I to hope this. it's good. I hope it's good. It I think will it will be. be. Yeah. yeah. Sam, tell us again how we how people can look this up and find it. Well, eventually it's going to be a uh, part of <clears throat> the. Um, it's going to be a web page. Eventually, it's going to be her Appalachia, um, and it's going to be linked from the main page of a documentary that I've been working on um, called Hillbilly. Um, so. And that's, that's about hillbilly stereotypes. Yes, mass media, uh, yes, right? in the in, in media representations of all Appalachians. Yes, yeah. And that project was started way before the election. Oh Lord, so, uh, yeah. It's probably taken a different turn now. Oh, I it think totally since. has. It's totally <laughs> taken a different turn now. Um, especially after, I mean, I won't get too much into it, but yeah, since, uh, since we're in Trump country, yeah, it's <laughs> way, Trump it's way uh, taken a different turn. Yeah. So, um, and since we got. J.D. Vance to tell everybody about Trump country and its secrets. So, yeah. thanks, Ed J.D. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you're doing the Lord's work, Sam. Thank oh, yeah. you. <laughs> so, Sam, you um, you are a Patreon giver, right? Yes, I am. Tell us about that giver. bonus content. Oh, so if you donate to the Trillbillies Patreon page, then you get access to really cool bonus content. Um, <laughs> And I love to listen to that stuff because it's stuff that you can't hear on a regular podcast. It's a lot of people people doing this thing here just rapping about real cool stuff. And I love that. <laughs> a lot of post-radio content. <laughs> a lot of sitting around. You're done recording, Yeah, right? a lot of uh, hot <laughs> yeah. takes. Yeah, it's a lot of hot takes. Um, yeah, so check out our Patreon page. Uh, it's at patreon.com slash Party. Trillbilly Workers Party, TWP. Okay, what uh, what music do y'all want me to outro? Oh, Any know. ideas? I don't know. Do some local honeys. Have y'all done yeah. that? Oh, yeah, that's play true. Play Montana. I'll play, I'll play Montana. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, oh, here's a good question. Do you know Frida? Frida? The Babyville Bomber? No. The, the songs okay. There. Oh, so shit. one of the songs on their album... Uh, little girls acting like men is called the Beattyville bomber and it's okay. about a woman named frida that grew up next to near montana uh-huh. i think it might have been her next door neighbor and she was a lady of the night oh she may have, i wonder if she changed the name that's changed possible the name of, oh yeah it could be a different maybe different name because I, well no because she said at the <laughs> same time because uh she they looked at me in the crowd they're like hey what do you want to hear and i was like frida frida <laughs> <laughs> and they, she told the story about it. And she said, "Yeah, I'm expecting one day for free to show up and be like, where's my royalties, bitch? Talk <laughs> about me. She's really gonna want them after you play them on funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she'll be wanting to rake them in. So what? What is Frida like? What? What's that song? She's about? just a hardworking girl, and uh, she like you know she works at night a lot because well, yeah. uh, uh, she uh, didn't like the other shit she was doing, and I think she's married to a." Uh, you know, an asshole. Mm-hmm, surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she just got it in while she could and made a living out I of it. Check that out. Just yeah. I don't know. I don't know Frida personally. But more territory. Yeah. Go free to go. And yeah. This uh, we'll send this episode out to Frida then. Like Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Now that she's gone.
Elfrida, she knew what the people would say But the people she knew didn't live with her pay So she worked as a lady with her own free rights Just keeping the company of a man by night Oh, Frida, don't you worry, a time will come When you don't hang your head at the deeds you've done Oh, Frida, hang on, just you wait for him They'll call the house when the money hits So she hit the door and she started the car That old wreck wouldn't take her too far Just a piece of the way she would surely find When she found the park that Coopdeville, she found herself in Beattyville. She told herself to play calm, while the love she made would go off like a bomb. Oh, Frida, don't you worry, a time will come when you don't hang your head at the deeds you've done. Oh, Frida, hang on, just you wait for it. They'll call that.